When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it, Hale Varsity Radio on the road this morning. We're at Woodland Hills. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal uh, staring out uh, to the driving range and also some of the uh, the practice green region. A little dewy this morning. A uh, fantastic morning to uh, to be out and uh, be a part of Tee Off for Treasures, the eighth annual uh, Tyson's Treasure Chest Foundation uh, fundraiser and uh, golf outing. Jeremiah Searles, uh, our favorite Viking, and Buffalo Bill is uh, running around the parking lot, not literally, but uh, he is uh, taking care of things. We are out here to raise awareness and support for Tyson's Treasure Chest. We're excited to be back out here, and uh, we welcome you to donate Tyson'sTreasureChest.org. We'll hear more about uh, the special uh, little man uh, Tyson uh, throughout the show. Uh, a busy morning. Uh, we welcome in uh, Mark Cranach. Cranach, you got me okay. Uh, you're in the Metro, brother. I'm on. Uh, well, I'm on. A, I'm on a patio looking at a golf course. How are you? I'm doing good. And you, you got me okay too. Yes. I, there's no hand signals. There, there's no. Look at that. Uh, I'm looking at the third base coaching box, and you're telling me to bunt, and I think it's a hit and run. We're, we're well. I mean, this is great. I, it sounds good. I got the indicator, um, and I'm executing the uh, the assignment here. We're good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got to get that bunt down, Cranach, uh, before you get two strikes. What a well, week. they never let me swing, so. <laughs> Just a good leadoff guy. Wear it, get on base, steal second, do your job, right? Good with it. Good with it. So when we talk about uh, – Work and jobs. Uh, there's there's a there's a new sheriff in town uh, with uh, with Nebraska athletics in Trev Alberts. That announcement Wednesday. We had a one on one with Trev Alberts. We'll have a chance to get uh, that rewind at some point between seven and nine this morning with uh, Hale Varsity and ESPN. Cranach, uh, want to get your thoughts here on Trev the the higher. And then the process, almost uh, almost three weeks, uh, Ronnie Green, Ted Carter, and the search firm uh, targeting Trev Alberts. Bittersweet for Trev as is, is he uh, did uh, just monumental work when it comes to fundraising at UNO. You look at what their hockey program was able to do. You look at Division One basketball. And, uh, you know, you're, uh, you're a guy in the Metro, and, and you know what, uh, what Trev has done up there. Uh, what do you think of this? Well, and it's not only those two sports. You know, it, it's it's across the board. And you look at baseball; they were knocking on the door. You remember that a couple of years ago, before the before the pandemic hit? They I can't remember. Was it San Diego that took down the yes. wire? Yes. Um, so so they were knocking on the door of advancing to a super. And then you also have um, 
you also had the, even the soccer team. Like mm-hmm. I, I know there's no equivalent there in Lincoln, but soccer team's been knocking on the door in the NCAA tournament as well. So like across the board, he he has he has led UNO successfully from Division Two to Division One, and he's made them an actual thing. I think that's one of the most one of the most important things to mention is that UNO historically, yes, it had a, a, a little bit of a niche audience. Um, they they had some fans, but it was, you know, it, it was kind of the butt of jokes, right? You've heard it, University mm-hmm. of No Opportunity. I mean, right? That's, that's I hadn't heard that that's one. His... That that one's a little rough on a, on a Saturday morning at seven. Wow, <laughs> you hadn't heard that before. It was <laughs> no, a whole. I, I mean, it really not. was, and and, and it was a commuter school, you know, where something like fifty mm-hmm. percent of the student. No, there was no campus environment. There was nothing to speak of facility wise, really. Um, so now that's you got all a Jarbin Village, and it's just flourishing. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he he did a great job there. And here's the other thing: he stayed relatively quiet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't this big. There, he didn't. He he didn't try to come across as some sort of like cult of personality. Mm-hmm. He kind of quietly did his work. Uh, he obviously got big money Omaha to to get behind him and get behind UNO, create a sparkling new baseball and softball f- facility, the hockey arena, which doubles as a basketball arena. Um, yeah, he did a lot. Of course, it came with some controversy with. You know what happened wrestling with the wrestling program, yeah. with what happened with football. Um, but you know, the more you the more you hear about that, you come to realize that it wasn't just Trev rolling up and being like, "Okay, I'm going to just cut these sports." I mean, financially, they were a, a black hole, and they were in in a lot of. They had to do something. They absolutely had to do something, and he was kind of the fall guy, <laughs> more or less. I, I don't, th- I don't think he rolled up thinking, hey, let's cut a bunch of sport. Like, who wants to do that as an athletic director, right? You, so You have nothing to govern. He, right. And so he, he, he caught a lot of crap for that. Mm-hmm. Um, he could have pointed fingers at maybe who really was making that decision, uh, but he never did. So, and, and, but here's the other thing. Chris, I was surprised, frankly. Okay. Right. If, if you just rewind, like, it makes sense. Like, after he was named and after you see him in the press conference, it feels pretty natural it's it's like yeah of course you go like why wouldn't you you know husker legend he's who's cut his teeth just up the road Mm -hmm. um obviously very good in front of camera but like i did not think it would be him right he he was almost too obvious where it's just like no he's he's gonna stay there at uno and you know they're probably gonna go after jamie pollard or maybe an ed stewart Mm -hmm. john cook somebody we hadn't even heard of maybe um so I was frankly surprised it was him, but mm-hmm. I don't understand the 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 thing that bugs me the most. Like, oh God, Nebraska's going back to the nineties. It's not what this uh, is. <laughs> going back to the nineties. It's like no, look, th- th- that makes sense age wise and everything. Just do the math. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have a 35 year old athletic director. What are you, are you? Are you? Should we just preclude a decade? <laughs> Right. <laughs> like if you're from the '90s, no, and I don't see anybody complaining about Will Bolt. No, who's technically it, kind of from the '90s he into is. the 2000s. He is. Like, but, I, but who's complaining about him? Nobody, especially with uh, you know the 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 first full season of opportunity, and you're, you're going to get some differences here. What are you going to get with Trev Alberts? You're going to get a guy who who a 
did a decade plus at the previous job who knows and loves Nebraska football and Nebraska in general and what's been ongoing since 2000 drama between coaching changes and changes within athletic administration five ADs four football coaches you're going to have some long-term stability with the same person in the same chair for a while now and that is what you need you can't keep having you know it's old hat dude well three over three or four or five years there's going to be a massive press conference on the third floor yeah. <laughs> hey I know. who won the office pool right i mean it's yeah. it was going to happen so and, and you're also going to have a little bit different philosophy and while Al, while trev's been very adamant about not being a micromanager he is going to be an, an, an on-site, in-person boss for football, for basketball, for soccer, wh- whatever. He's there to reach out to. He's there to monitor, and, and he's there to help. And I think, honestly, when it comes to, to Scott Frost and Trev Alberts, I think Trev's the type of guy uh, that, can, that can help Frost – navigate this fourth season this fifth season beyond because that's that's really what this is to me i mean basketball needs to do better but man they've got such momentum with with their talent infusion baseball's money uh john cook's incredible his culture's impeccable and the way he runs his team when it comes to training execution and results is second to none okay so What's the elephant? The elephant's football. When does football start getting better on Saturdays? When does football start winning in the Big Ten after being in the the league, you know, a decade? And I think Trev can help with that and help coach his coach. And I think that's his his number one priority or number one job, in in my view, not his necessarily. He's going to be there for everybody. But what, what type of assistance can you give to football and their staff that, that that can help them kind of get over the hump because I think the the state wants this to work with who's currently in charge running the football program. And if, if, hmm. if you can get some breaks and get some wins, man, it can be really awesome again. And I think Trev can help him get there. Well, and he needs – look, for, everybody needs some sort of supervision. And I think especially at Frost's age, at his experience level, this is not a terribly experienced guy when it comes to being a head coach, not the least of which being the head coach of a program like Nebraska, which as the head coach, probably as demanding of a job as you will find in the country, maybe the most demanding, right? Like try to think of a head coaching position in the sport of college football that requires or asks more of its head coach, right? This like Frost needs to do, seatbelt commercials he needs to do um, um a weekly or monthly radio show and, and a tv show and booster engagements let alone coaching let alone setting up all that stuff i mean it is a demanding job very demanding job very high profile you're not in any sort of anonymity whatsoever um so you're constantly under a microscope it's a lot it's a lot to deal with and i'm not saying this to make frost like a sympathetic figure but it is a lot to deal with. 
right? And there's really no preparation for it until you're actually in that chair. So he can absolutely benefit from somebody who has a bit of a veteran presence. You know Frost is going to respect Trev Alberts. The dude's name is literally on the stadium. <laughs> I mean, right? It's literally on the stadium. It, so his, his reputation precedes him. I, I think it's a good fit for Frost in particular because I think Trev can directly relate with Frost, directly understands that just the demands that are on him and can help him navigate those. I I would guess if if you were to to you know sit Frost down and really talk through mm-hmm. kind of everything that's happened in his first few years and what he's learned, I bet you he's a little disoriented. Oh, you where gotta be, like, dude. I don't. <laughs> you know, I I need to. Uh, yeah, he he probably needs some help. Literally well, needs some help. And and you need some some confidence, right? And you're going into year four. You've got a murderous schedule. You you have Dennis Dodd cranking out. You know you're number one with a bullet on the hot seat, which I don't believe. I mean you got to you got to perform better. You got to win, and you'll have an opportunity to take care of that. But I don't think I don't think whatever happens in 2021, unless every game is like the 2017 Ohio State game, I don't think you're gonna. And I, I don't want a change. I want to see this new relationship, this new boss and, and football coach work together to, you know what, there's there's a blueprint back to the 90s, your topic, right? Um, that, that blueprint worked and worked well. And that, that blueprint works well in Tuscaloosa when it comes to a, a certain process and standard. And, yeah, you've got incredible talent down there, but it's about how you go about your business. Trev Alberts mm-hmm. gets that. Scott Frost gets that. They were a part of that. And that's that's the 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 element of the 90s that is is uh, a perfect formula, right? It's, and, it, 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 and, look, it has nothing to do with the 90s, right? It has to do with just a way of going about business. It, right. it just happened to really come to fruition – and really pay dividends in the 90s. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it has nothing to do with like that era itself. It has more to do with, no, no, no. When you fully commit to this way of doing things, which is being a developmental program, mm-hmm. right? And doing that better than anybody. When, when you boil it all down, that's really what it is. Isn't it? Like be a developmental program and do development things better than anybody. Nutrition, strength and conditioning, Depth. education, uh, 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 in the community stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course the actual X's and O's and of course the practice habits, but all of those things combined, when you bring all those together, that's when things are going to work out well. <laughs> and it's being proven in baseball, it's proven in sure. volleyball. It was proved in football that they could get out of their own way. I mean, it's and it's not it's not magic. It's not it's not some secret formula. It's like no no no. Literally the hardest working program in America. No, literally the program that has the that has the most comprehensive plan to develop each individual athlete. That's what it is, right? And that's what they're trying to get to. I feel like a lot of those things are actually in place. The only thing that's lagging so far are the wins. Mm-hmm. 
right? No. I mean, don't you feel that? Like when you see Ben Stilley and Jojo Doman walking around, what? Those dudes are ridiculously yoked. <laughs> they are ready to go. And it shows what can happen in four years of Duvall's program and four years of nutrition and all those things. Like physically, those dudes are ready. There's no question about that. So can all the other things come together? That's that's the question. And I think Trev can help with that. That's that's absolutely can can you can you mesh it all together? And you need you need a boss to do that. And think about the different elements of Trev's job. You know, you get a hundred million dollars in, in facility fundraising for UNO to transform it with Baxter and the baseball stadium. Uh Trev gets 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 it when it comes to his experiences, not only as a player, but in the media, and then obviously as an athletic director. And now you take all of those things, uh, you mix it into a pot, and now you get to go move forward and well, and 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 help manage your coach. We're going to go to the phones real quick. Tom's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio Weekend. We're out here at Woodland Hills, Tyson's Treasure Chest, Tee-Off for Treasures, the eighth annual here. Tom, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Hey, thank you, Chris. I Long time. I uh, say, I just wanted to know if, if you guys have heard, it. did, uh, did Dave Remington ever even get a, uh, a, a shot at this? He uh, decorated on the other side of the ball just as much as Alberts and a Omaha native and mm-hmm. sat in the chair before Moose got in for a couple months and was uh, the Boomer Sison Foundation head, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, thanks no, that's, that's a good question. Don, thanks for listening, bud. You know, Crane Act, let's jump in on, on, on uh, number 5-0. And, uh, you know, Dave was in that chair kind of bridging I-Course to, to the Moose. And, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't reach out to Dave. I didn't. I, we didn't see Dave's name. Not that he's mm-hmm. not qualified or hasn't had a little bit of experience anyway. But I just don't know if if um, if Dave was on the short list. I mean, I have an idea of, of you know, your, your, your top choice nationally, uh, if we just take the, the Nebraska tie out of it, was, was Jamie Pollard. Uh, I don't know that. That's just my, my theory here. I think, you go, I think any, any opening at a school with the budget and the size of Nebraska looks at Jamie Pollard because that guy has made a lot of chicken salad. He's been incredible, right? For sure. Um, and, and he was pretty, hey, thanks, but no thanks on a podcast. As far as uh, Remington, you know, I don't know if, if he wanted – uh, at his age, and I'm not saying Dave's old. I'm just saying Dave's older than Trev. I don't know at, at, at Dave's point in this, in in his life and his career, if he was was going to be a, a candidate or a candidate that could do, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, Trev's 50. He'll be 51 here in August. I mean, it's not inconceivable, Mark, to think Trev's here for, you know, hopefully two decades. I don't know if Dave could have offered that. Yeah, and kudos to Tom because honestly, that <laughs> that's the one angle that I think hasn't been explored. <laughs> yeah. I, I I didn't hear about Remington at all. Yeah, like, I didn't either at all. Uh, which tells me that he did, didn't even try to, right? It, but who knows? Who knows? They hadn't talked to him or anything, but literally had never seen his name mentioned. In no, conjunction you saw Pollard, with this, you saw Ed Stewart, left. you saw yeah. Matty D, you saw Trev's name. 
our, our dear friend Garth Glissman uh, was was mentioned as well, and he's been phenomenal with the NBA. But I know I know there's not been direct football management for for about ten of the twelve years for Trev, but. Trev's uh, Trev's done a lot with UNO, well, and I think I think he can he can obviously manage an athletic department, gets Nebraska football, can help get Nebraska back on track, and I think there can be some some soothed relationships also with Trev because of his personality within the Big Ten. Yeah, well, and that that could prove to be important. It seems like his main job, though, at least with with Frost, Frost needs guidance. Everybody does. He needs a supervisor. (laughs) He's a boss. At at this stage in his career, maybe 10 years from now he won't. But at this stage in his career, yeah, he does. Absolutely. Like Nick Saban doesn't need a supervisor. No, but Nick Saban needed a supervisor at Michigan State, you know? Right. Saban Saban needed the supervisor at Michigan State, you know, you go back 25 years ago. And how much, how much, you know, I have no problem with Moose. I'm not saying that, but how much was Moose like providing guidance to Coach Frost? Well, you got to be there right. to provide the guidance, <laughs> right? I mean, and right. I love the Moose. We like the Moose, but you got to be, got to be there. <laughs> it seems like Frost, young, hotshot, relatively young, hotshot coach, local golden boy, all that, dropped into a super demanding job. And who's the one that's like providing him guidance and supervision and accountability? Mm, like who? That, yes. Like literally who on that campus was doing that? Like, I don't have an answer nobody. For you. It appears yeah. nobody. <laughs> and that, and that's not, I don't know. I, I don't think at this stage in his career that that's what's needed. I, I, I feel like you need mm. somebody like Trev who Scott respects, mm. who also respects Scott. Sure. Right, I I don't feel like Trev is in here out to get. Frost this, this isn't in any this way. isn't Perlman. This isn't Perlman I course no. hit parade. That's not what this no. is. This is about it, supervision it, this, and advice. This gives to me. This gives Frost his best fighting chance mm-hmm. at seeing this thing through. And if it doesn't work out after a few years, and they're still not having winning records, well, different story. But it won't be because there was some sort of strife. Right. Internally, it won't be a it won't be a Polini Perlman Icor situation. Trev's, That's Trev's not goal. Be the reason. Trev's goal is not to 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 make the next splash higher. Okay, it, it just isn't. His goal is to get football back on a winning winning plane and help do that administratively with his coach. And dude, there are so many things, and I think we mentioned this a little over probably a month or a month ago or so, but if you look at how Nebraska is positioned right now, they are very well positioned to capitalize. You, name image likeness obviously is Bro. taking off. Don't think that that's not going to make waves mm-hmm. right throughout the recruiting world where it's just like, wait, hold on. Their quarterbacks got what? Wait, hold on. They're, 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 they're able to, you know, host camps and all this. They're, I mean, Nebraska players are going to make money <laughs> in the name, image, likeness era. That's there's no question across all kinds of sports. So Nebraska is well positioned there. Then you have the playoffs. Playoffs? What? 2023 Where is you when expand. that's supposed to kick off, mm-hmm. right? Where you're expanding that, so that obviously opens the doors a, a little bit more for a, a school like Nebraska 
to get into that mix as the new facility comes online right around 2023, which from recruits reports, they, they can't describe it. They probably have to sign an NDA or something. Um, but they're, they're all effusive in their praise. Like you can't even believe it's real. Well, like there's when a you water full of gold in there, Cranach. You've heard that, haven't you? What, what was that? It's a waterfall, waterfall of gold. I mean, it, I mean yeah, but exactly. It's yeah, sweet. you just get to drape yourself in it. It's 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 amazing. You dip yourself in gold, and then sell yourself on, online. It's great. Uh, but so, but you look at all those things. Brand new facility that's unprecedented. Name, image, likeness will continue to mature and kind of get. You know, I'm, I'm assuming some sort of regulation around it. But Nebraska players are going to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there, there's a lot. And the playoff expansion, those three things alone, Nebraska is so well positioned, so well positioned to capitalize on that. Um, so, you know, if if it doesn't work, like all those, there are very few schools that are going to be able to tout all those advantages. Very few. So, if Nebraska can capitalize on that, eh, pretty nice. Not bad. I'm going to run down Searles here. We are out at Woodland Hills. Tee off for Treasures, the eighth annual golf tournament fundraiser. Uh, Tyson's TreasureChest.org. Say it, fight it, cure it. And a little backstory about Tyson, a little boy who loved football, loved Nebraska football. And today's all about uh, honoring and remembering Tyson and uh, the mission of Tyson's Treasure Chest to put happiness back in the hands of children fighting cancer and illness and uh, they achieve that by creating a large toy chest shaped like a treasure chest and it's filled uh with uh with stuffed animals blankets other items and these chests are donated to hospitals that uh, treat childhood cancer and disease all the chests are handmade by liz and austin chambers uh tyson's uh folks and they're constructed from solid oak. We bring on uh, Jeremiah Searles. Searles, Cranex waving at you uh, up in Omaha. Hi, buddy. How are you? How's it going? Oh, you know, just another day in the life here. Beautiful golf course. Good weather. Hopefully I can hit them straight. Yeah, you're going to need to because your partner didn't have a good round yesterday. Mm, you got the bad round out of the way. That's, that's right. It's important. Jeremiah, thanks for having us again. Can't thank you enough. Jeremiah Searles, Husker standout and a longtime NFLer. We were talking a little bit about uh, the hire this week. And, Trev, mm-hmm. I want to shift gears and, and hear from you about Tyson, your story with Tyson and your connection with a sweet little boy who loved Nebraska football. Yeah, so uh, in 2011, Tyson actually came and toured the football facility um, as kind of one of his last things that he really wanted to do as he was fighting cancer. And uh, there's a big group of us, myself, Amir, Rex, Will Compton, I mean, Tyler Legay, I mean, all kinds of guys. The the original picture is really cool to see. Um, He got to actually play catch with taylor martinez on the field at the time i got to pick him up in the uh the hallway and got to let him hit the horseshoe which was super cool and for me it was just an instant connection with him and his family and so when he actually passed later on it hit me extremely hard i stayed really close with liz and austin and as i moved into the nfl i got closer with the foundation and then my wife and i are now on the board of directors for the foundation and we're now in our eighth year of the golf tournament here which is amazing we went from when we jumped on it in year six we were getting our last people to sign up at the door and we sold out in 48 hours this year which was incredible and 
the momentum for the event picks up more and more each year the support picks up more and more each year and we're just so thankful for everyone guys like yourself that continually come out and people that just have continued to come out and support the cause is really fun well and and what uh what joy tyson's treasure chest has provided to so many uh boys and girls little ones uh battling pediatric cancer yeah i mean the whole the whole reason we're out here is to raise awareness for a terrible disease that uh, takes our children way too soon and the more money we can raise the ability for a little boy or little girl to go into the children's hospital and pick a toy that is theirs not a toy they have to give back not a toy that they get someone else's use it is theirs it's in a box it's brand new whether it's a stuffed animal action figure puzzle something that they want they choose i think we think is extremely valuable liz and austin lived that life in the child uh the children's hospital and so they saw the needs of what those places need and so we just want to continue to fight the fight raise money for research and just continue to try and find a cure dyson's treasure org is where you can log on and donate uh, and uh, you heard uh, about tyson's story was with jeremiah searles here and and a lot of the outreach that nebraska football's done for a long time, but lifelong connections and, and beyond uh, with Searles. Cranach, uh, go ahead and jump in here, buddy. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, Jeremiah, a, a little bit more on on the proceeds. And you mentioned that, uh, you know, kids get to pick out toys on their own. So that's at Children's in Omaha. Is 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 that the sole location? Is it is it also elsewhere? Um, and and how, how is that going? Like how, how much more help is needed to fill up that chest? Yeah, so we, we fill them up yearly. Um, they, they get drained yearly, which is really sad if you really think about it, that there's that many kids in and out of that place. But we fill them up yearly. But what's great now is we have enough chests at Children's in Omaha that now we're looking to expand. Um, I did some work with Kyle Rudolph at the Children's Hospital in Minnesota. We're reaching out to them to see if maybe we can break into there. There's uh, Sanford Health in uh, South Dakota. Zach Zenner, my partner, he was a big partner there. So I'm going to reach out to there, and we want to start expanding. We want to start getting them as far as we can, as many children's hospitals as we can. And so every dollar that we raise here goes into research or it goes into building those chests and pumping full of toys. And so we just continue to do everything we can as a board to show people that this is a grassroots started here in Nebraska, going to end here in Nebraska. But every dollar we make goes directly towards these kids, goes directly towards fighting cancer. And we just it's such an important cause because there's just not enough money and way too much research that needs to be done. Jeremiah Searles with us uh, on Ale Varsity Weekend Roadshow. Tyson's Treasure Chest dot is where you log on. Tee off for Treasures, the eighth annual uh, tournament here to uh, to promote uh, uh, just uh, Thanksgiving and an outreach to, uh, to to Tyson and little boys and girls like him that are battling a, a horrific disease. Say it, fight it, cure it, uh, and uh, that little boy or girl that's in the hospital uh, that needs a little bit of joy in their life. They they have that toy or blanket or. They, they, that's provided by by Tyson and his, Tyson's family, and uh, tee off for treasures. Uh, so uh, so incredible, Searles. You've uh, you've been so great with this hey. outreach uh, for a number of years. Go ahead, Mark. I was just going to say real quick, just in the time that uh, Jeremiah was answering that question, you were talking. I went on Tyson's Treasure Chest dot org. Mm-hmm. You can donate. Yeah. Um, I just threw. I just donated twenty dollars just in that amount of time very easy oh, to do if you can't if you can't be a part of the uh of the golf tournament obviously which 
tea times are <laughs> spoken for by now, I'm assuming. Uh, yes, sold out. Other ways that people can get involved. Yeah, please go to TysonTreasures.org. You can look. Uh, I think we're going to actually, we're in the works of maybe doing a bowling event this uh, winter. Try and get something. We always have the summer, but maybe try and get another event going in the winter. You can always donate there um, for a lot of good causes there. And uh, we just appreciate every dollar. Um, a huge shout out to Lazari's. They're bringing in lunch. They cater in lunch and actually donate the lunch here. Wonderful. For us. To, uh, and that's just another avenue of if we don't have to pay for lunch to serve people. It's more money to the cods. And so huge shout out to Lazari's. This is their third year or maybe even fourth year doing the the pizza so seth and greg and those guys thank you so much for everything you guys do to help fight and help support the cause as well seth and give greg schmidt are incredible a people give schmidt a limit there please um with lazari's you know like some people like when they go to the bar or whatever you, you can you know like only let them them have a couple of drinks or whatever drink oh. chris needs pizza tickets he's been talking I have heard Chris talk about Lazari's maybe more than I've heard Chris talk about anything. That uh, uh, special that's fair. Lazari's has always had a special place because a they're incredible people, b their food's incredible, but but c, I mean I go back to uh, we're talking about the '90s here with Trev, right? I mean I walk into Lazari's and uh, it, it's it's where my first fantasy football draft mm. was. I mean it was it was incredible. I mean it goes back yeah. decades. Two and slice yeah. limit, Schmidt. Just save some I, for everybody I, I else. Right? You're not the I, only I, I guy. Will. I just I hope they bring me my vat of ranch. I just, I just see want that's a vat. it. Searles is anti-black olive, and anti. he needs seven gallons oh, of ranch. Yeah. Yes, no black olives. And and you got to, brother. Black olives just enhance. Black olives. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I'm there but in solidarity. You're not a black olive guy. Not at Seriously. all. Yeah. Crane like of uh, all the things you can eat in the world. Gonna, it's not like I'm just getting black a black olive, olive pizza. Oh. It's, an, it's, an, it's an enhancement. We wouldn't be friends. If you just ordered a straight black <laughs> olive pizza, our friendship card would be fully revoked, and we would not. I wouldn't be able to look you in the eye anymore. Oh. The texture's I'd, terrible. I'd share it. The taste is terrible. Probably provides oh. very little nutritional value. There's, some, yeah, There's a I lot like of other things olives. you could eat. I like green olives. Green olives and a nice martini. Those are hard to be. Or in a beer. A little cowboy martini. Nothing wrong with those. Yeah, that, there's, see, so many the, <laughs> there's so many different names for for the beer you get with the olives in it. Yes. This is very Depending true. on what small depending Nebraska where town you're at. Depending what, what small Nebraska town you're from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this took a right turn. Always does. This took a right turn. Well, we are going to step away, and uh, we'll run the uh, the rewind here. Uh, Trev Alberts, our sit-down with Trev. Searles, thank you so much for Absolutely. what you do. Appreciate you guys treasure being out chest. here. Thank you so much. Cranak, we'll, uh, we'll do the rewind here, bud. All right? Yep. yep. Sounds yep, yep, good. Yep. Uh, Trev Let's Alberts uh, coming up. It's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow. Tee off for Treasures, the eighth annual golf outing. Say it, fight it, cure it. Uh, Tysonstreasurechest.org. Back with Trev after this. Go Big Red. Early to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're here at Memorial Stadium, New Nebraska. Athletic Director Trev Alberts is with us. And Trev, how's that sound? Congratulations. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's extraordinarily exciting for, for me and our family, and but also humbling. Um, the reality of the responsibility of this job is very real, and I don't take that lightly. Uh, but I'm, uh, again, just really, really humbled by the, the confidence that uh, Chancellor Green and President Carter have, have placed in, in me. But really, it's, you know, it's not about me. It's about our team. And, and together, we're going to work really hard to, 
you know, have the values that uh, represent Nebraska and, and uh, that, that programs that uh, our fans and donors and others are, are really, really proud of. Trev, you've always been pretty humble. And where did that come from? You see guys with your success level in your career, some guys get a big head. You've always stayed pretty humble. Where, where did you learn that? How did you come about that? Well, uh, I have a wife of 25 years. <laughs> Her name's Angela. So home. Uh, home. Uh, and uh, three amazing children who I guarantee you are making a lot of fun of me for uh, uh, crying or almost crying during the press conference. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, um, the reality is... Um, uh, you know, I think you learned those values here. You know, I, I grew up in the Midwest, and, and uh, you know, I mean, none of the success that you have individually is because of you. It's people who are willing to invest in you. And, um, you know, and I, I, I learned a lot from watching Tom Osborne and, um, you know, um, his leadership style and uh, his authenticity as a, as a person. And so um, I got a long ways to go in that area, but I got plenty of people uh, making sure that uh, uh, we, we stay grounded. Trev Alberts with us here on Hale Varsity. Was this tough for you? I mean, the opportunity is awesome, but you've, you've built quite a bit at UNO where you were. Yeah, it was. And I said that at the press conference. Um, uh, this is the only job that I would have left UNO for. Um, we... Um, we had a pretty tight staff, you know, and, and a great, great group and accomplished a lot together. Um, but, you know, this is my alma mater. Um, but I loved, I, you know, I just wanted to work for the University of Nebraska. And so those 12 years, I mean, um, you know, while it wasn't in Lincoln, I mean, I worked for the University of Nebraska. And I was really honored and privileged to get to do that. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, uh, I just, uh, again, think, um, think it's a tremendous opportunity, um, an opportunity to work with some really talented people, and, and uh, just really honored to, to get to be the athletic director here. You were interviewed. Uh, you kind of laid out four key points during your, your press conference today about um, what's important to you when it came to a couple of key questions. Ronnie Green asked you, did you lean on anybody? Did you seek advice when offered this position? Uh, well, I was only offered the position last night, so I, I didn't have a lot of time to. Uh, but I, you know, I had reached out to. Um, I had quite a few donors and corporate sponsors and friends that uh, were pushing me hard to, to get involved, and uh, thought that um, this was the right time. And uh, you know, my life and our personal family experience was a little bit different, so uh, the timing was was right. But um, you know, I, I, as I said in the press conference, what re- really motivated me was. Uh, not only the leadership that exists here, but when I saw the um, the search committee put together the attributes that they felt was important, it was easy for me because that's what I believe, and I thought there was alignment. So everything in life is about fit, right? I mean, if you know if they're looking for and that's not the right fit, then then you're doomed to fail. Um, and so what was really important, and I think that's why the search committee work is so important is that they very clearly are able to articulate what the expectations are of, of, of leadership. So there's no, there's no uh, confusion or questions. This is what we expect. And when I saw that, that, that really motivated me to aggressively compete uh, to try to win the, the opportunity. Let's talk uh, about football. You know it well. Trev Albert's with us. When you look at, at where Nebraska, where they're at and where they want to go, and the current landscape of, of what Big Ten football is, 
you know, what's your view on that dynamic right now, and and how close do you think Nebraska football is? Well, it's you know, I mean, we I haven't spent a whole lot of time. Uh, I've been watching from afar. Obviously, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Scotts and a fan of our of our staff, but. Um, you know, clearly, I mean, uh, we got work to do. Um, you're talking about, you know, on the premier conferences uh, in America. Um, you're talking about aspirant uh, institutions, uh, academically and others, uh, who uh, also give out scholarships and have vision and significant resources. And so, um, you know, I, 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 I think the Big Ten needs Nebraska to be successful. And I think, you know, Nebraska needs the Big Ten to be successful, right? I mean, I think we need to do our part. Uh, we need to earn it. Uh, Nebraska's not entitled to success. Just because we've had success in the past doesn't mean it's guaranteed in the future. Um, there's an awful lot of hard work and effort, consistency that went into creating previous success. Um, so we got to get back to that. Um, but I, you know, uh, we'll do our part. We'll keep getting better. And I think you know we need to just focus on those fundamental things rather than how many wins or this or that the fundamental things about what ultimately leads to the outcomes that you desire, which are wins and losses. I mean, you know, it's small incremental process, just holding yourself accountable. Um, and uh, eventually, if you keep doing the right thing over and over and over again, it'll break for you and good things will happen. Your experience um, on the football team as a captain, as an All-American, as one of the greats to play here, what were you able to take from, from that day-to-day process to, to now when it comes to administration and now as athletic director? How does, how does that transport? Well, I mean, I, in, in, in our experience in watching Coach, and, you know, I mean, there was a level of um, security. I mean, you know, being comfortable in who we were. There was transparency. Um, there was very open, honest um, communication internally and externally. Um, I think today about how different it is. I remember when Coach Osmond would walk off, and I understand why you have to do this, but walk off the practice field, yeah, it looks like Clinton Childs uh, sprained his ankle. I'm not sure how long he'll be out. You know, it's different now, right? Um, and I understand that. But I, I think, um, you know, I just think some of those lessons about, um, you know, we had tough days too, you know, and staying unified through the tough stuff. Um, you know, I mean, I... There's a, there's a quote that I love, and it happens to be by a, uh, an Admiral Stockdale. Um, and it was basically like, never, never lose faith that ultimately you'll prevail in the end. But you have to d- have the discipline to confront the brutal realities of your current position. So he's a prisoner of war. The reality is, I think sometimes um, we need to have the courage to confront the brutal realities of where we currently reside in administration and every one of our programs. And then have the courage to... Um, execute and 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 work to fix things we won't always be right um, but i think you know th- those were the kinds of things that nebraska was willing to do nebraska was always an innovator i believe they still are but thinking outside the box being willing to take calculated risks um you know including other people i mean creatively coming up with solutions and i think we we have some of those opportunities now with what's changing at the national landscape we'll need everybody now more than ever before and uh, I think we're, we're poised to do that well. Trev Alberts with us. Trev, last thought. Thanks so much for, for a few minutes. When it comes to, to leadership and communication, um, those, are, those are two, well, leadership and, and the communication aspect of, of being a leader. That's so key. And how, how effective of a communicator are you? And, and when it comes to your staff all pulling the rope the same direction, 
have you seen that continue to grow through your experience as a as a as a AD at, at UNO and now that opportunity here in Lincoln with some new faces and some old faces? Well, certainly uh, uh, you're always learning. Um, you never have all the answers, right? Um, and you're always growing. Uh, I, I hope to think that I'm a, a lot better leader today than I was in 2009. I certainly hope that four years from now I'm a better leader than I am today because I think there's a lot of people I can learn from stuff from uh, in the department as well. And so, you know, I, I, I think that, um, again, I, I keep going back to trust, but when, when people have a level of trust uh, and they know, uh, I want people to have enough trust that they have autonomy in decision-making, that they can go out and make a difference, right? Uh, I'm not a micromanager. Uh, I want people uh, that are experts in individual areas, and uh, we want to empower those people to go. You know, and if I don't care who you are. Um, if, if you have an idea that can make us better, they ought to have the opportunity to come and express that, and we'll dive in and examine it. So, you know, I, I just think leadership, just because... Uh, Leadership's not about bossing people around. It's about inspiring people to dream to do something bigger than they thought they could do. That's what Coach Osborne did for us. We, we, we attempted the absurd. Why would Nebraska? Nebraska is going to win a national championship. But he inspired not just football players. He inspired the rest of the athletic department to dream even bigger. And I think that's part of what leadership is as well. Um, it's not bossing people around. And by the way, um, just because you have a title doesn't mean you're really the athletic director. You have to earn that. You have to earn people willing to follow your leadership. And that's on me. Trev, thanks so much for the time. Good to see you again. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being here. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Hail Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Edition. Nice to have you alongside as we hit hour number two. Mark Cranach alongside Elijah Herbal, correct? Elijah, you there? We yes, you. I'm, I'm here. Thank goodness. That would have been very talked. awkward. <laughs> it would have been awkward otherwise. Uh, Schmidt has a tea time for uh, Tyson's Treasure Chest. It's the annual golf tournament fundraiser out at Woodland Hills. And, uh, you know, Schmidt's doing his part. Um, probably going to hit for par today, most likely. Oh, if you. Think? I mean, it could. He could. Like I said, uh, it's, if, it's a scramble. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, right. Like it doesn't. That course doesn't play too difficult. I don't think. Well, um, well. Did you hear they uh, they moved the uh, the tees back because everyone did too well last year, so they moved back to the uh, the far tees. See, plays right into Schmidt's long strength. <laughs> uh, so that's only going to help him. Tyson's Treasure dot org is where you can go on and support. Um, if you do support what happens with your money is that money goes towards the purchase of new toys, new nice toys um, that literally go into a chest at children's hospital and kids that are fighting pediatric cancer can pick out a toy that is theirs that they get to keep, um, which isn't often the case in, in some of those environments. And they're looking at expanding as well. So if you're interested, Tyson's treasure chest dot org. Let's bring in Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor for Hale Varsity. 
Brandon, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. No, I do. I wonder. I, I watch Major League Baseball players conduct interviews while the game is going on. So I don't know why Schmitty can't be here for this second hour and play golf at the same time. But that's, it's fine. We'll soldier on. Well, you also see the uh, the perils of keeping somebody mic'd that's kind of intense and likes to respond with vulgar language. That's the concern here. Oh, okay, that's, that's, that's fine. Best to avoid the FCC. Yep, right. Exactly. It's and it's a family show, so we don't we don't necessarily want to go there. Um, but I do like the idea if we can get Schmidt to just kind of mute and and chill out on the on the four letter words. Um, Brandon, uh, I don't know if you heard, but Trev Alberts, you remember him, um, former linebacker. Uh, he's he he got, he got a new job at the university. What what do you think? First of all, were you surprised it was him? And then second of all, your early impressions of Trev Alberts taking the helm. He starts Monday. I was a little bit surprised. I mean, he's kind of been one of the first names that comes up when Nebraska has been in this spot. And it's, it's been in this spot too often for, for how long he, his name has been coming up. Uh, you typically don't want to see that much turnover uh, at an athletic director spot, but, but here we are. Um, it just kind of felt like that ship had sailed a little bit. And it wasn't because he wasn't a good candidate. It just, you know, it hadn't happened. And it seemed like, I don't know, maybe it's just not meant to be. Well, it is meant to be, uh, obviously, at this point. And I'm pretty optimistic about it. Um, you know, you look at his, his tenure in Omaha, and we all know about the, the difficult decisions that, you know, for, for a certain section of people, and I totally get it, is just – that's kind of beginning, middle, and end of the story with him. But where you look at when you look at you know, Omaha athletics and, and how that program has been totally reshaped and is modernized, like I come away optimistic about about the hire. And you know, I was I was a little bit just with the timing of this and, and how things happened. I, I I didn't know that this Nebraska job could command the level of candidate that it would in in better times. Alberts kind of jumps between those two groups for me. Like I, I think he's really near the top of, of what they could have gotten. I think. Brandon Vogel's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, and uh, and Brandon, my my question to you is is uh, whenever Bill Moose left, he released that statement that essentially said, uh, I, I believe I've set a, a solid foundation for the future of Nebraska athletics. So, do you think that Trev Alberts has been set up well for for this gig by what Bill Moose left behind for him, or do you think he's got some fixing to do still? There's some fixing to do still, but there's there's a lot of things that are kind of checked off. So facilities are underway. You know, we know there's still some funds to raise for that. Um, and, and But you don't have to engineer that, that whole project yourself. So that's good. Uh, there's a lot of new hires that are in place in terms of coaching staff, and not just the big ones, you know, but some of the, the other sports as well. So you've got a little bit of runway there in terms of having to make any decisions or changes unless you want to as, as the athletic director determine that. So I, I think this specific setup does set up Trev Albert as to, to come in and really kind of focus on a department wide 
culture. And, and I think that may be the piece that's, that's missing here. Um, so, so he does have the freedom to, to really be like, okay, we're going to set that foundation because we're not out here trying to like, oh, hey, we want to have a new facility in the next five years. We need to get going on that. Um, so, so it does end up, I think, it, with, with the, the new AD coming into a mostly beneficial situation. Brandon, now that we're a, a few weeks removed from uh, the Moose tenure at Nebraska, do you think you can give a rating on the Moose tenure? I'm thinking on a scale of A to F, with uh, with A obviously being like a 4.0 GPA, you know, F being bad. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 can, I can give it a grade now. I still think so much of it is going to be determined by what happens with with those marquee hires um and that's that's kind of the game for for athletic directors it's it's the difficulty of this job because there's so much to it beyond that um and you can do a really good job in all of the other aspects but if you if you get the right hire wrong that's that's all that matters and and you end up you know back in the job market just because hey you know the, the football coach that you put in all the work and did all the due diligence and really thought was right. Well, for whatever reason, it, it wasn't right. Or it could be the basketball coach, you know, at a, at a different school. So, you know, right now with where things are at, I'd probably have B, Bill Moose in the, the C plus B minus range. And we'll adjust from there based on what happens primarily with, with football and basketball. Yeah. And that's, and that's totally fair. So diving into football, which, obviously is going to take the most attention for Trev and is obviously the sport that that's just got to get corrected and it's got to happen soon. Um, you, you, you and the team, Brandon, are just coming off of the photo shoots, diving deeply interviews with a lot of the players for the football yearbook. And I don't know, historically, if you can go back and glean things from, you know, maybe little hints um, or, or vibes that you're getting from the players physically how they look, et cetera. Um, but from that experience of putting together the yearbook and getting a kind of an, a, a closer look at the team, what were some of your takeaways mentality wise, physically, anything along the, uh, anything of that nature that, that maybe, um, I don't know, gives you pause or, or gives you, gives you hope for the coming season? Yeah, so you know, coming off of the the past year, it was still somewhat limited in terms of the access we got. And I mean, we we, we did get access to to players, but it wasn't kind of on the broad scale of say, you know, 2018, 2019, where you know, over the course of a spring, we'd kind of see and and be able to better make those kind of you know reads or judgments on almost everybody on the roster. So it's not quite apples to apples. I would say my takeaway from the past couple of months, basically the off season so far is it seems to be a lot more kind of, I don't know if insular is the right word or closely knit, like the players, you know, even the ones that we we've talked to are kind of, they're, they're, they're doing their work a little bit closed off to a degree that hasn't been the case in the past. It's like, well, we're just going to be over here and we're going to do our thing. And you look at the past three seasons for Nebraska and, and they, I, I really do believe they've, they've laid a lot of groundwork. Um, they've kind of, you know, 
plowed and planted the field every year and it hasn't quite produced the, the, the harvest yet, there's a sense that, well, we're going to keep doing that. You know, we're not going to tell you about everything we're doing because I think everyone knows that, well, if you don't produce some sort of, some sort of harvest this year, uh, things are going to get pretty dicey pretty quickly. So it's just been a little bit more, I guess, behind the scenes would be the way I would take it. I, I read that as a potential positive, but it's one of those things where, you know, it could go either way. Brandon Vogel with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Um, one of those players, of course, Adrian Martinez, such an enigma. Um, you know, a ton of ability, obviously. Uh, my takeaway from the spring with him, green jersey aside, he looked like the fastest and most decisive player on the field. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure I'd seen that from him in, in quite a bit of time. What do you think is in store for him this year? Because I feel like we've seen a lot of different shades of Adrian Martinez. Um, but now that he's got presumably some size at receiver, got some continuity um, with the coaching staff, going into his fourth year, et cetera, what kind of season do we see from him? Is it more of the same where it's up and down? Or, or do you think he's maybe settled? more of the same would be the the, the most probable uh, assessment to make you know I, and that's just true of, of any quarterback that's played as much college football as he has by the time he gets to this point like the reasons where a guy really takes a jump where you're like oh he's this is like a totally new player um, are, are pretty rare now his timeline is, is interesting in Nebraska because there is this notion and, and I buy it to a, to a certain degree of, well, you know, the, the playmakers around him have been, I mean, Nebraska's had a lot of turnover in, in that regard. I mean, just look at wide receiver, uh, how new that's felt each time. I think for Adrian's going to do some, some great things. And I agree with your, your assessment. He looks a little bit different this spring and he looked really, really decisive. I think, how we evaluate his year, at, and you know, when, when we arrive in December and Nebraska is hopefully still still playing football, um, will largely determine like is the rest of the offense able to to work around him? Can you benefit from from that decision making? Because you know the turnovers part of it, like I, I maintain that the interceptions, you know, quarterbacks are going to throw some interceptions. Those aren't the real problem. It's, it's kind of holding on to the football and the fumbles because those numbers get, get really scary when you sit down and look at them. And I think, you know, part of that is just, well, some guys are fumble prone, some guys aren't, but also how much he's had to do to keep this offense going uh, over the past two seasons in particular. And, and really the only way to ab- avoid that is, well, just to avoid it. Like, don't make him have to do that much labor to keep the, keep the chains moving, to, to move Nebraska down the field. If they get to that point, yeah, we could, we could end up at the end of the year where, you know, Adrian Martinez is a viable All-Big Ten candidate at quarterback. It's just there's so much outside of his own control, I think, that has to happen. Brandon, while we're on the topic of Adrian Martinez, uh, we found out yesterday that he has been left out of the uh, the group of guys that's going to go represent Nebraska at Big Ten Media Days. And I was going to ask how big of a storyline that is, but I can get, since I'm asking, I guess it is somewhat of a storyline, but just how big of a deal you think it is that Adrian's not going? I know he's already represented Nebraska at the Big Ten Media Days in the past. 
Yeah, I was I was wondering about that. Um, you know, you get to this time of year, you're like, oh, I wonder who these these teams will take. And and Adrian was one who uh, and I was having a conversation with Aaron Sorensen about. We're like, well, yeah, I mean, obviously you take him unless you're, you're like, well, he's been. There. I don't know if he's been there the past two. Well, there wasn't one last year, so I guess he's been there once. He would have been there twice. It's just. You know, We've had so much access to him that it's kind of you're just rehashing things to a large degree. So I wasn't totally surprised. Like, I don't read into anything, the fact that he's not going, other than it was like, yeah, people would talk to Adrian a lot. And, I mean, and the, and, and the program itself relies on him to kind of be the voice for, for football, um, you know, when they have these things where it's like, well, we need one player to do this. Who's going to do it? It's typically Adrian. So the group that they're sending, I, I think, makes sense. It's a little bit interesting. But, you know, Austin Allen, I think, will will be great there. And then you've got two other guys on the defensive side, which when you look at Nebraska's kind of depth chart, makes makes some sense. They've got a lot of experience on that side of the ball. Brandon Vogel is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Um, switch over to basketball real quick where you get – uh, Verge from from Arizona State as a as a late transfer, a surprise transfer, uh, to join Fred Hoiberg in in the 2021-2022 edition of Nebraska ball. I, I'm really bullish on that one, Brad. I don't, I don't know about you, but like, not that I've watched a ton of him play, um, but everything you read about him, it looks like Nebraska just landed a creator a pure score, not necessarily a great three-point shooter, but a guy that can get in the lane um, and is a legitimate playmaker on a team that I think already had a few more of those. It just feels like Hoiberg is going to have so many different options uh, to, to, to trot out there. And, and it, it could be sort of like a hockey line change situation. What, what, what's your take on kind of the construction of the roster and the addition of Verge? Yeah, I, I like him a lot too, and and, and credit to Jacob Padilla who who kind of nailed this after after Banton elected to to stay in the draft. Jacob wrote a really good story on HaleVarsity.com, kind of laying out the options of you know they have they have scholarship room if they want to add somebody, and then you know three four days later that's that's exactly what they did. And, and I think one of the most intriguing things about Hoiberg is his ability to identify these players who can really do a lot of things. Like it, it's, you know, they, they've had a couple of players who are, who are specialists, like they'll fill a, a, a specific need, but they just have a way of, of getting these guys who probably have like a lot of room before they're hitting their ceiling, but you can look at it and, and see, okay, all the tools are there. I guess that's the way to put it. Like they're, they're very good at finding guys who have a full, uh, a full set of tools and you're just kind of looking for that right situation, you know, and Bannon's a good example. You know, he, he started out the first half of the year before basketball had his COVID uh, hiatus there and looked like one of the best players in the big 10, like he was doing everything and then kind of fell off a little bit after that, but his rise, you know, for him to get to a point where he could remain in the draft is, is what I associate with Hoiberg. It's like, okay, there's something here. Now, in the case of Bam, it didn't quite, didn't quite hit perfectly for Nebraska to benefit from that. But Verge, in my mind, is, is them kind of taking another swing at that. 
Talking with Brandon Vogel here on a Saturday morning edition of Hale Varsity Radio. And Brandon, so much is made of how Nebraska need, Nebraska football, I should say, needs some results this fall. It's kind of a put-up-or-shut-up type season. But do you think you could say the same for Nebraska basketball? I mean, getting the, the first five-star in program history, uh, plus the, the talented additions that they've made this offseason uh, in the transfer market as well. I mean, is it kind of a season where Hoiberg needs to get some results as well? Yeah, basketball does. I don't think it's quite to the same degree uh, of football, though. You know, when you consider the differences in the sports, the kind of baseline expectation might not be all that different. Um, So so basketball is one each of the past two seasons. I think uh, a fair expectation would be to, you know, move up in the Big Ten rankings for sure which, you know, you could go about 500 in, in, in that league in most years. You're a pretty solid team at that point. Uh, you know, so I think we're, even though football had a year jump in terms of when it changed coaches, we're kind of in a similar spot where the baseline expectation for football is like, look, you got to win six. You know, this team needs to play in the postseason. Basketball might not be all that different, though I think the urgency is is a little bit dialed down uh, on the basketball side, though seven wins again would certainly uh, set off alarm bells, I I think, on mass. Brandon Vogel with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Um, We can switch over to baseball now, too, where Rob Childress, former Texas A&M coach, obviously former uh, assistant head coach and pitching coach for Nebraska during – Van Horn years and then stayed on as Van Horn left. Um, huge Nebraska ties. Um, comes back as director of player development. Brandon, I, I don't know about you, but w- when though, when that happened, when when he got pushed out at Texas A and M, I did think I was like, oh, I wonder if he'd wonder if he'd come back to Nebraska. But I dismissed it after like two seconds. I was like, no, he's not going to. No. And then here he is. <laughs> the guy's coming back. Um, your take on that and then what he could actually bring to Nebraska and what that portends for the, for the baseball program. Yeah, I thought, I thought Albert's nailed this one when he brought up that that says to me that Will Bolt is a coach who is confident in not just what he's done, but where he's going. Um, and, and, and that's true, you know, to bring in a coach of, of his stature you know, there, there are some coaches out there who are just like, you know, I, I love the guy and I, he could help us, but that's just like a whole thing that I don't want to deal with. And you do have to have a great degree of confidence in like, hey, this is still my program, you know, um, but this, this makes us better. Um, and it's kind of the, you know, anything that helps us helps me and help, helps our players. I'm willing to do it. it. It takes a good degree of comfortability to be able to do that. And I think the timing of it with the way it worked out at A&M with, with Van Horn being forced out um, gives Nebraska some, some momentum coming off a strong season. So, yes, they already had momentum, but that gets tricky, too, where it's like, well, hey, you know, I think we all kind of from afar look at Nebraska baseball and be like, well, they're great. They had a great year. You know, nobody expecting to be as good as they are. So they'll just keep that up and keep doing what they're doing and you'll build a little bit each year. That's really hard to do. Um, so here's a here's a change agent to to a certain degree um, that that gives you a little something extra. So from the timing of it to I think what is about Bolt and his command of the program, um, 
you know, that's that's one of the bigger additions Nebraska has had athletics-wise in the past couple of years. Brendan, I want to ask, from your experience as managing editor of Hale Varsity, I mean, you've been a boss of sorts. So when uh, you see that Will Bolt has been kind of uh, the inferior to uh, to Rob Childers first as a player and then as a coach, uh, you know, Childers being the superior over him. Do, do you worry about that dynamic of now Childers coming to Nebraska and now Will Bolt is kind of the, the superior and he's the guy in charge and, and Rob Childers is going to be the one uh, following direction? I, I don't. I mean, I think always, um, you know, no matter kind of what line of business it may be, you always have to pause around that, that notion. Um, but I, I think Van Horn at, at this point in his career, you know, if, if he was worried about that, he probably doesn't take, take the gig. And, and the fact that Bolt wasn't worried about it kind of, you know, takes us back to the, the confidence thing again. So I, I look at it as a, a chance to, to really build something, something great in, in terms of Nebraska baseball, to get it back to where those two were at when they were here together the first time, potentially. I mean, I think that's the play, right? You know, Nebraska is a good baseball program. We looked at it when it came into the Big Ten and be like, well, it, it should be the class of the Big Ten. And that hasn't folded. Um, but but the Van Horn willing to come and, and to take that role specifically – tells me that he who, who just you know spent however many however many years playing sec baseball big 12 and sec baseball which tends to dominate the sport um sees that hey that ceiling for nebraska like how you felt about nebraska baseball maybe in 2004 or 2005 when they were you know going to college world series mm-hmm. that's still there um and i think that's a pretty powerful message to to reinforce branded by van horn you mean childress right Yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> People driving around like, really? <laughs> Van Horn back? Yeah, not uh, not that part of the SEC. Uh, just a little further, <laughs> further, further west. <laughs> no worries, man. It's it's early in the morning. I mean, my God. And you're and you're the father of an infant. It happens. I just wanted to make you know make sure people understood. Uh, although, let's not rule it out. I mean, Trev Albert's the AD now. Like, look out. Um, well, yeah. Why not? Maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, maybe if Arkansas Brandon. has another disappointing outing in the uh, the NCAA tournament again. See, yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, Brandon. Pr- appreciate your time this morning. Uh, th- thanks a ton. And God, just uh, what a couple of weeks away. Big Ten media days coming up, and then fall camp opens up. It is going to be exciting. Um, and we'll, we'll we'll talk to you again next week, Brandon. Thanks, man. Yep. Thanks. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. There's uh, Brandon Vogel, and by the way, like. I, this is so interesting. Cade Povich, you know, he went 98th overall. Um, ahead of Cops. Did, that's what I was just going to say. Did you, you saw who he went ahead of? He went ahead of Kevin Cops. And I, I, I wonder, I'm, I'm not a scout, and I, I think I said this on the show on uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday, was I'm not a scout, so I don't know what I'm talking about, but I wonder if it's uh, not necessarily the, the high pitch count type thing, but if MLB teams don't know where they want to put Cops in their rotation in terms of, is does he have, I mean, he's got the, the movement of like, you would think a, a starting guy in the majors, but maybe they don't know about his longevity. I mean, is, he looks like a tailor-made closer to me, but I guess I'm not a scout. I don't know. Yeah, at least long relief. Well, uh, especially he, with the, uh, the the run on pitching in the MLB draft this year. I mean, the Angels took 20 pitchers. They had 20 picks, and they took 20 pitchers. So there was a whole bunch of pitchers going. So it is I mean, the National Collegiate Player of the Year going in the third round. just seems a little strange to me.
Why would they do that when they have Otani, who they could just have pitch and then hit home runs every single game? Well, it seemed like a lot of teams were going heavy on the pitchers this year, and maybe it's because the draft got shortened and they didn't think there was going to be as many guys available late like that, or I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure, but it was just it was a strange draft for sure in terms of just how many pitchers were going off the board. And I think that's why we saw a guy like uh, Cam Wynn in Nebraska going late in the draft too, because I mean he wasn't getting the most attention around here with uh, with being drafted i mean i don't think people were thinking that was completely out of the question i don't think people were expecting it either but i mean he he went with still a whole full round left in the draft you know i'm i am no baseball scout or expert but i did Same. watch win pitch bullpen on his way back at haymarket um i think it was for the minnesota series and dude that that his ball hits the catcher's mitt a little differently <laughs> i mean in terms of just a raw ability and then just i mean he's an imposing guy big guy um i'm not terribly surprised if if he was scouted closely where they're like whoa this guy's got something plus so, the, the kind of fire he brings in the mound always like yelling at the batters and stuff like you gotta love that yeah well and it, i mean what is he six five six six um yeah I, I i can see why but pretty pretty good for Cade povich though um you know lefty six three one eighty five being picked ahead of cops um He's, he's got a lot of raw, raw ability, too. But let's step aside. We got Gary Sharp a little bit late. Um, Gary Sharp, Iron Horse, joins us next. Hail Varsity Radio, Saturday morning edition, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. Then... Two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Hail Varsity Radio, Saturday morning edition. Hour number two rolls on. Mark Cranach alongside Elijah Herbal. Chris is probably on hole number three or four by now at Woodland Hills. Um, we will uh, report next week on whether or not he hit par since they moved the tees back for the fundraiser for Tyson's Treasure um, Tyson's treasure chest and we bring in Gary Sharp the iron horse who is the perfect man to talk to on so many topics but especially this one with Trev Alberts because Gary has been the play-by-play announcer for the UNO basketball team and, and he's he's done hockey for them so he's based in Omaha um, Gary I mean you're pretty much the the insider that we need on this Saturday morning what are the whispers that you hear good and bad from those in the athletic department who ultimately all roll up into and report to Trev Alberts. What, what kind of authority does he command? What are maybe some watch outs that he, he, he might need to improve on as he takes this next job? Uh, first, I think there was, all you need to kind of know is when he had his, Going last meeting day, and this this kind of gives you an issue of the Trev that I've got, and I I think sure you know got known just for a moment. Brad and as his NFL and, and broadcasting career evolved, and then I've you know known him for about seven years as the AD at Omaha. The first thing he had a really emotional stat Omaha a choke. There were coaches in the room that choked up. Is the first thing he did is he apologized that they all had to find out about it. Basically, but how it how it went is Nebraska was good. Okay, as a 
And so uh, moved, uh, hey, the press conference hey, real, up 11 a.m. Hey, hey, real quick, Gary, uh, Elijah, you, you catching that? Yeah, that, Gary, uh, you're, you're breaking up a little bit on us. You mind if I try calling you back and seeing if a uh, new connection helps yeah. us? Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, just try, we'll just try Gary back here. Um, it's breaking up a little bit, but Gary's going to have a lot of insight on Trev. Um, you know, it, it, being around the Nebraska Omaha Athletic Department, you know, pretty. Cl- it's it's a Division One program, but it's also relatively small compared to what Nebraska is going through, or compared to what Nebraska is. Um, and Gary having the kind of access that he's had in and around Trev Alberts, um, you know, he'll have some insight there. Um, which is important yeah, to do. Do, do we have him uh, back on? Fine right now, and you sounded fine when I was talking to you before the break. But no. live, okay. Up, but let me put you back on the line. All right. All right. There's there's some behind the scenes. I don't know if everybody can hear that, but we're trying to get Gary back on. Yeah, the line. Yeah, my bad. I freshened my mic off, but got Gary yeah. back. All right. Uh, so hey, Gary. I'm... Sorry, sorry. We, we you you cut out quite a bit here, but just some insight on Trev overall as as a leader and what Nebraska can 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 look forward to. Uh, as a, a immediate presence, just because of his size, he's six foot four. He kind of commands the room when he comes in. Um, I think his, the easy part for him was his press conference the other day. It's fantastic in those settings. You can see he has raised hundreds of millions of dollars. Like department, he he has a clear voice and a vision on how he explains it and what he wants. You know, he knows that when you're driving on the freeway, there's three lanes. He doesn't want you driving on the. Sh- um, and he holds accountability and discipline. And the thing I've learned from Trev is a lot of the things I've heard him publicly say, either to, to his staff or to his coaches, he lives it. If, if I preach to a coach, hey, we've got to have attention to detail, discipline, accountability, that's what Trev does as well. And there's a lot of things in Trev's as a lead, a visionary, uh, that really resonated with Ted Carter, Johnny Green, and other people. And this is the for Nebraska. Now, I know this is not widely uh, everybody's cheering into the streets. I get that. What people have to – I said this for three days on my show beginning Tuesday. Is he was hired for the athletic department for what they need. They assessed what they Moose was providing or has not been provided for a while, and Trev checked all the boxes. So that's why he rose to the top of their list, and that's why he was eventually hired. And that's why I think he'll be able in this transition period – because the next 18 months are pretty important, that Trevor will be okay as he learns to be an athletic director at this level with more staff, more businesses available, um, more sports. I think his transition will be, be really good because of kind of the pillars of what Trev stands for. Now, Gary, one of the things you were talking about on your show a few weeks ago was uh, the fact that Nebraska's kind of lost its presence in, in the city of Omaha. I mean, UNO, their athletics program going D1 has obviously helped that, and, and Creighton doing well on the basketball floor as well. Um, but do you think Trev Alberts can be the guy that can help rebuild that connection between the University of Nebraska and Omaha? Absolutely, Elijah. And that's, um, you know, another box. Nebraska has trouble getting into Omaha and raising money, and they don't really have a presence here, guys. I mean, Mark, you live in Omaha. Um, there are Husker fans here, but you never get the feel that Nebraska is everywhere. Well, in terms of finances, which, you know, the largest city in the state, lots of alums, lots of big boosters live in this area, Nebraska hasn't been able to pull money out of here. Well, what happens is Trev Alberts, who is the chief fundraiser for the athletic department at Omaha, he's the guy that has been meeting with all the people in Omaha for 12 years and has been drawing in money. I mean, they Baxter Arena. They built Tal Anderson Field essentially through 
donor money, and they have a $130 million project that Trev said he was going to raise all the money himself, and he wasn't going to have a problem doing it. That is on the next phase. I mean, that, that's what Trev does. He's got great connections here. You can see how he walks into a room, and he can get you to pull out your checkbook and write a check. Now, he was doing that as with an Omaha logo on his polo. Now he's at a place that you can you see how much it means to him. I mean, he's going to have no problem in, in bringing people back into the program by, by either the finances or thing he also said that, I was, that was very key is we will not take our fans and our boosters for granted. There were some things, weren't there, guys? Did you, not, did you catch this? There were some things that he said that people were like, oh, my gosh, who's he directing it to? I think he said some things in his opening press conference that were told to him during the interview process. Hey, this is what we've been lacking. This is what we think needs to be fixed. And so he highlighted those and kind of threw them out there subtly. And if, you know, the one thing about Trev, Trev's not going to have a lot of wasted words. When he said something, it has meaning. But if you listen closely, he'll tell you everything that he's thinking. You mentioned a word about accountability, which is ultimately a leader's job is to hold his subjects accountable. Has Scott Frost had supervision? Has he had accountability in his first few years here? Will he benefit from those things under Alberts? Let's go at it this way, Mark. And, and you know, we don't know. We're not there every day. Um, I don't think Bill Moose was that guy because maybe Scott didn't feel like Moose was the perfect person, you know, to answer questions or to be a mentor. Trev will mentor his coaches, but I think when it comes to football, Trev now understands what it's like to play football in Nebraska, what everything surrounding it is. And I think Trev setting down to say there'll be no, there'll be no excuses and we will have uh, attention to detail and accountability and we'll have discipline. That being said, we never heard Bill Moose say that. That being said, maybe that clicks if that's an issue in the Nebraska football program that really, really helps them. But I think what will help Scott is he's got a person that understands the football side of it and the whole side of what it's like at Nebraska football. See, that's what I've wondered the last couple of days, guys, is how will Trev observe Nebraska football? One thing about Trev is he's very patient. I look at his coaches at Omaha. He is very, very patient. He listens with his ears, not his mouth. He's very observant and then gets involved if need be, but he does like mentoring and developing coaches. Is Will he look at football from the football player standpoint? Will he look at it from the analyst standpoint? Or will he look at it from the administrative standpoint that understands the pros and the cons of Nebraska football and what it does to the rest of the university? But I think he's got a couple of benchmarks, guys, when he's going to look at football. Attention to detail. Is there discipline in the program? Is there a belief that we can win? That it's not, hey, we hope to win Saturday. It's, we believe we can win. I understand that the ball is going to bounce a funny way and things are going to happen, but do you believe that you're going to win? And do you put yourself in a position to be successful? I, I think those are some of the things that he will look at as the season unfolds. I don't think he'll put a win total on it, but I also think he'll be very patient with football as he understands in discussions with Scott and other people on his staff and players of what maybe ails Nebraska right now, the thing they can't get over, and then maybe offering suggestions on how we can fix that to help the program move forward. You're, I know we want to get to some, uh, some baseball thoughts here eventually, but I've got another question about 
Trev for you, and that's just whenever you look at what he walked into at UNO with, with the financial situation there, and now you're seeing what he's walking into uh, at Nebraska with the, the football program. Wh- which task do you think is more difficult to, to step into, the financial issue or, or the – I mean, Nebraska's the big moneymaker, especially Nebraska football, and, and seeing those results that they've had in the past couple of years, which do you think is a more difficult job to step into? Well, I'm going to say Omaha because that was his first job as an athletic director, and he stepped in, and two years later he had to eliminate two sports. And that's not an easy thing to do, and especially when you have to eliminate a sport like football and then a national championship Division II wrestling program. And then, oh, by the way, we're transitioning the whole department into Division One, so that ups the finances, expectations, numbers of scholarships, all of that kind of stuff. That was a huge challenge. But the one thing Trev did, Trev works hard. He said that, and, he, and I, anybody that's been around him, he will put in the time. He will grind. Um, you'll see him at late nights. You'll see him at a lot of events, by the way. He is a fan first and foremost. Um, but he also, he, he will walk out, and he did yesterday. That was his last day at Omaha. He'll walk out of the building, Sap Fieldhouse, or the, and, and he's transformed an athletic department. It has all of his fingerprints all over it because he transformed it to what it is today. And there's still some challenges, and there's still some things they have to overcome. But they're a lot different in the kind of phase two of Trev's athletic career at Omaha, post the dropping of sports and moving into Division One. I. I mean, I think that was the bigger challenge. But because he was not afraid to make tough decisions, I think that will show you that he can make the transition to this job in Lincoln, um, and he'll be able to do it. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't go, oh, gosh, here's a guy that's coming from a mid-major program, and now he's taking over Nebraska. Now, there's a lot of elements that Trev has has in him and he's done at Omaha, that will benefit him in learning more about Nebraska. So many reasons to have uh, Gary Sharp on our, on our show every Saturday. Um, also, because of baseball and your insight on professional baseball, uh, f- former front office honcho at uh, the Fort Myers Miracle, which are now with the scallops or something? The, no, the no, what? no. They, so they, the they, changed, they changed the nickname, and they went to the Mighty Muscles. Oh, come on. Muscles. Yeah, and on that side of Florida, there's not a lot of muscles. Yeah, let's go grouper. Let's go snapper. Let's go conks. Right? Well, like, my, my suggestion when we were messing around with the Miracle name, which was uh, dubbed by Mike Vec and then approved by Bill Murray, um, we were going to go with the skunk apes. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? That was the first thing I just thought of. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, but the reason, the reason I bring that up is, and, and we were just, we'll get to Childress in a second, but, um, you know, Cade Povich goes, and I learned about this on your show, so kudos to you on even pointing that out, but Cade Povich goes a pick ahead of Kevin Copps. And look, Povich, left-hander, 6'3", a lot of upside, um, I'm not denigrating him by any stretch, but Kevin Copps is one of the best college pitchers I've ever yep. seen. Nasty, nasty off-speed stuff from from that guy. How how does that happen? Like what what's what's the thinking there? Well, I think a lot of it had to do with the Twins brought Kate in for a workout last week at Target Field, and being left-handed, they liked his stuff, um, his fastball, his curveball, his slider. Uh, and and when the twins, you know, the, I don't think the twi- uh, probably the twins didn't think Kevin Copson was going to be there, but they liked Kate Povich a lot, and they decided to go with him. And 
Right. Kevin Copps from Arkansas, who is the Golden Spikes Award winner in college baseball. It's a equivalent of the Heisman Trophy. He goes to pick after, but I'm happy for Cade, and, and I think probably this week they'll get serious about negotiations. I, I did not expect Cade to come back, but what a week for Nebraska baseball. People, you know, the, the announcement of the new athletic director kind of overshadowed everything, but Will Bolt had a fantastic week, whether it be Rob Childress, whether it be the draft, whether it be two guys drafted in the first three rounds. I mean, it's good to be Will Bolt these days. Gary, uh, I mean, the, the, the name we were talking about at the end of last segment, we've got about uh, a minute and a half here before we got to wrap, is uh, Cam Wynn going to the Phillies at uh, the tail end of the draft. That was a, a bit of a surprise to me. Was that a surprise to you? Um, you not, maybe where he was drafted, but not that he's going to sign, because I think he was just ready to move on and play uh, pro baseball. But that kind of shows you, uh, you know, and, and another thing, Nebraska kept a recruiting class from this upcoming year, which includes Drew Christo, Chase Mason, and mm-hmm. C.J. Hood. Um, I, I think when you win and you get attention, a lot of scouts pay attention to you. I think this is what it's supposed to be, guys. You know, Nebraska baseball, if you look at the really good teams, they've had numerous players drafted, and especially that 5 team that had two guys drafted in the first three rounds and Alex Gordon and Brian Dunsing. So that's, that's how you hope it's going to be year in and year out is that they're going to be turning over guys in the draft because people, scouts are attracted to Nebraska's program, one, because there's good players, and two, they know they're being coached the right way. So I hope that continues a trend. And if you look at the talent, and I'll throw in Max Anderson is having a great summer in the Cape Cod League, uh, that, that, that talent pool is going to continue to churn for Will Bolt. I mean, their expectations for next year just have not started to go through the roof. Now that you keep your recruiting class and you're going to add a couple of guys out of the transfer portal, I mean, I would start selling season tickets to Nebraska baseball right now. Gary Sharp on Hale Varsity Radio. Gary, we appreciate your time. We got to wrap, sir. Um, quick question. Jackson Hallmark, coming back or not? Uh, still up in the air. But, boy, if he comes back, we're, I mean, that's a lock preseason top 25. Yep, yep. All right, Gary, appreciate your time, man. We'll talk to you next weekend. Thanks, guys. All right, there's Gary Sharp. Our thanks to Brandon Vogel. Our thanks to Trev Alberts. Our thanks to Chris Schmidt. Thanks to Elijah. Mark Cranach saying, uh, we got to get out now, Elijah. I don't have a clock in front of me. You know what I mean? Yeah, we pretty much got to get out now. Okay, we got 15 seconds. Okay, let's talk. uh, We'll we'll, we'll be back with you next Saturday. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And Chris, going to be back in on Monday. We'll see if he shot over par or not. Doubtful.